0: Hello and welcome to another new episode of the Step Over Podcast. I'm Jim Dare. With me as always is Max. I'm just I was I'm too excited and happy to even think of a pun once again, uh Rapaport. Max, how you feeling? How you doing?
1: Doing well. We got a new more pods after they're they're uh after they get blown out by thirty yeah. and yeah, fewer it, after really big decisive wins.
0: Yeah, it was uh, a reverse jinx for once. Um I don't believe in jinxes jinxes are not real but if there is one jinx in the entire world that is real it is the one that this podcast has Uh, so it's good that it worked in reverse this time Um, my uh, my updated prediction for last night's game was damn near close to accurate um, which I was very excited about Um, I don't know what that necessarily says about game seven Um, but uh, if, if you didn't see I tweeted yesterday that how there are there were very you know weird there's a weird symmetry between this series uh, and the 2001 semi series against t- toronto um, where game one uh they it was a they had the sixers and that one had home court advantage so where they played doesn't really matter but game one in 01 the sixers lost by three this year they lost by 13 game two they won by five in 01 won by five this year and then everything started flipping so in game three they lost by 24 this year they won by 21 game four they lost uh, in 01, they won by five. This year, they lost by five. Game five in 01, they won by 33. This year, they lost by 36. So last night, game six in 2001, they lost by 12. So I predicted that they would win by 13. They won by 11. A uh, couple, you know, there's a little bit of a, a, a little plus I, I don't plus like minus. where this
1: I don't like where this trend is going. By the way, no, no, no.
0: <laughs> See, here's the thing. I do because explain. I was two points off last night, so there's two points to spare for game <laughs> seven which means the Sixers will win by one
1: instead of losing by instead of losing by one as your, uh, your correct prediction so would, would hold it would a, it did. would have been
0: the complete opposite and then you just throw the extra two points on Sixers win by one game seven Toronto man yeah
1: I can't believe they're going to game seven you know what's really crazy is that this is the second time doesn't does not feel like this the second time this decade that they've been within one game uh, that they've reached a game seven uh of the uh these uh, the game the semifinals, yeah they're, they're one game away from from the eastern conference finals it does
0: not feel the, like that the, happened the like two teams five who, years ago yeah the two teams who did that were in very different positions uh very different uh, uh circumstance but uh yeah it was uh it's it's kind of crazy it was um every game going forward is basically well Sunday's game is going to be the most important Sixers game in probably a decade. Um, I, two then,
1: decades, right? Like, it, yeah, it's got to be the most yeah. important since like maybe after two thousand one. Maybe like those couple years afterwards. Maybe there were games where you thought that because the, the difference between this and that that Boston game in two thousand twelve, yeah, is you actually feel like if they make it to the next round, they have a shot. Exactly. Um, whereas before, it was like, oh wow, it'd be awesome if you know, as the eight seed, yep. you are able to get there and like now i actually mm-hmm. feel like okay if they get there they they could beat the bucks and yeah. that that's not where they've been and basically since i was in middle school
0: <laughs> right yeah and you know if if they, if they go on to win game seven then there's less pressure on game one in the eastern conference finals than there was on game seven in the semis obviously but everything you hear from here uh just kind of Jerks up in uh, in excitement and, and tension. But let's talk about last night's game before we start getting ahead of ourselves and talking about Game yeah. 7 a little bit. Uh, it was a game where... First of all, it wasn't as close as the, the, the final score says uh, because there was some garbage time stuff uh, that happened at the end. The average lead throughout the game... I mean, so the Sixers won by 11. Their average lead was 12.3 throughout the entire game, so the fact that cuz you start tied 0 to z- zero, 0 so you know that balances out too like they should have won that game by 18 to 20 if not more um but you know garbage time stuff boban being completely unplayable uh and it was you know a game of runs so there's been this there's this kind of uh, crazy thing about last night's game where it seemed like Joel Embiid was at least offensively kind of a non factor right Mm um well, kind of kind of mid-level right he wasn't putting up 33 and you know 17 or whatever he did in this series but he also wasn't completely gassed shitting his pants either somewhere in the middle there but in doing that and in just playing and looking healthy he was a remarkable plus 40 and plus minus um which is crazy how you get there because I'm, I'm going to run this down for you for a second. Also worth noting that Mike Scott was a plus twenty nine um, in twenty minutes, so it was a game of runs, right? Just looking at uh, kind of the game flow right now, uh, they traded runs back and forth. Sixers were on a 7-0 run, uh, Raptors ten zero, Sixers ten zero, a little bit of gap there, and then thirteen two Sixers twelve zero Raptors five zero Sixers, little gap, nine two Sixers eighteen seven Raptors eighteen four Sixers, going back and forth. Um, In, Joel Embiid played eight shifts on on the court last night. If you consider the end of a shift um, at the end of a quarter, and then if he starts next quarter, that's two separate shifts because there's a break there, right? So in the very beginning of the game, from the start of the game to about five minutes in, he was a plus three. He went out on the bench, came back in with 434 left in the first, and from that point to the end of the first, he was a plus 10. From the start of the second to three minutes and 50 seconds into the second... He was a plus nine. So in eight and a half minutes from mid-first to mid-second, he was a plus 19. Uh, the team was just firing on all cylinders. Uh, he went to be a plus eight from the end of the second half time. was actually a minus two at the very beginning of the third. But then from in the final five minutes and 20 seconds in the third, he was a plus 12. Uh, and you look at that and you see he's a plus 40. You see Mike that's a plus 29. You go, how did they win by 11? And the answer to that is Boban Marjanovic uh, being really the only, you know, quote unquote center who played outside of Joel Embiid instead of, you know, outside of when they went small ball and played either Mike Scott or Ben Simmons at the five. Uh, Boban had uh, three shifts. Uh, his first shift, he, w- he played for a total of uh, uh, two minutes and 23 seconds. He was a minus five. His second shift, he played for a total of two minutes and 10 seconds. He was a minus 10. And his very final shift at the end of the game, for the final two minutes and 13 seconds of the game, he was a uh, minus three. And cr- laying over those runs that they went on, that first shift where he was minus five, that was part of when the Raptors went on a 10-0 run. And the second one, when he was uh, minus 10, that was when they went on a 12-0 run. So, it wasn't great for him. No. <laughs> now, granted, they, the Sixers did come out uh, kind of cold to start the third uh, the Raptors went on that 18-7 to seven run to start, not necessarily to start, but, you know, a little bit into the start of the third. And that was with all the Sixers starters in for most of it. Um, but that's a real problem, and that's going to be a real problem in game 7. It didn't seem to be one in, in Game 6, but the whole team played so well, for the most part, that you could throw Bob- a out there, basically just to stand there and, you know, just try to exist on the court while Joel Embiid catches his breath. Um, but that's going to be a real problem. Uh, looking forward outside of Embiid's just kind of be everywhere do a little bit of everything and just you know kind of anchor the team uh what stood out most for you uh last night Max I know there was a couple of obvious contenders for for MVP of the night but uh uh, what was the one thing that stood out to you the most
1: I mean it it has to be Jimmy Butler like it's just been it's really been remarkable how much he's stepped up in this series especially but really just in the playoffs and take it on like a completely different role from what we saw in the regular season and like pretty much cemented himself as what i think a lot of people's idea of jimmy butler was before the trade Mm -hmm. um and and coming back to more like who he was in his late chicago years um and it's it's just been like honestly i said this uh to my friend the other night but like if if he while we were watching the game, like if they didn't have Jimmy Butler in this series, I think they would have gotten swept by the Raptors. Like yeah, if you I just replaced Jimmy Butler with James Ennis, like I, I think they get swept. And now they're going to Game Seven, and it's a toss-up, right? Like they've yep. they've traded blows, and I think the Sixers, even though they're on the road, have a good shot of winning this game and winning the series. Like, and I I feel like um, Jimmy Butler has by far been the the most valuable player in this series. Uh, Embiid included, um, you know, has just been so consistent. And I, I feel like the role they've put him in as as, as a ball handler and just letting him create. And you, you even saw earlier in the game, like, I mean, what did he score, like, eight of their first 12 points or whatever it was? I feel like he just went on a tear in the beginning. And they were basically doing what they, for him, uh, what typically they do for Embiid, where they were just like, basically he was just running to the ball. They were like, Lobbing it to him, posted it up 18 feet out, and just letting him go to work. Like mm-hmm. I, they were really looking for him um, and making making a, a really strong effort to just get him the ball. Yep. Um I, I feel really confident about. I guess I feel pretty confident about Jimmy Butler moving forward. Like I, I, I've gone up and down throughout the season about like how I feel about them bringing him back and how much money and whatever. But it's just like, I can't. I don't think my heart can take it if he walks this summer after after what he's done in these playoffs and Mm -hmm. i've just been i keep expecting it to to end and for him to go cold or something to change and it just isn't happening he's just like really maintaining this uh spectacular level of play
0: yeah and i I mean that that's something that it's been like we've said it a couple of times here right that's why you brought him in that was you know pretty much said blatantly when he comes comes in like jimmy butler is here for the playoffs that's what you get him for. You don't get him just you know necessarily, and he did do this. We don't get him to to you know to scratch out a win here and there in the regular season. He's there to be the guy who takes over in the playoffs. And you saw that last series in a game that they lost, and you've seen you see it more this series in games that they they come out and win. That this is the guy that deserves a max deal from somebody, whether it be here or not, because this is what he does. There are a few people who can do this and to varying degrees right so just kind of get get the the ball and just take over a game now Kawhi can obviously do that jimmy butler can obviously do that um kevin Durant can do that dame lillard can do that there's not many more dudes who can just kind of do that right just turn it on play tough on both ends and just take over and kind of you know just just will them will himself into playing well um and that's why he brought him here and you want eventually ben simmons to also be that guy obviously they're very different types of players well because ben doesn't have a jump shot which we all know but i think you saw a little bit of that in ben simmons last night too where ben simmons the night before had probably one of the worst games of his probably total career um he only attempted five shots all night he came out and attempted five shots last night within the first five minutes of the game essentially um and that's what you want to see, just as, as Brett says a lot, like you play downhill and play with aggression. And that's where Ben Simmons specifically thrives, right? He played the entire four, first quarter. Uh, at the end of the first, they were up eight. Uh, he had no turnovers all night. Um, I think he had six assists. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's just when he's playing like that and you know that he can do that, um, it's you know it's not something that, it's not like his fault it's not like he's like I'm gonna go out there and play worse today but when he can do what he did last night and essentially be the second or third most important person on the floor at the same time the team is just um, I think it's Mike Scott to paraphrase what Mike Scott said at the end at the end of the game last night after the game that uh, when they're moving the ball like that no one can fuck with them and I don't think he's wrong um, <laughs> when they're all playing. The way they were playing last night—that's that's a pretty pretty accurate statement.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like um, I, I started with Jimmy Butler, but I was going to say I, I think Ben Simmons and the way he started the game—it um, just made such a huge difference. Like that, that gave him a huge spark mm-hmm. in the beginning of the game. Like you said, he went four or five in the first quarter, um, had five assists. He had I think that that big putback dunk was in the first quarter, first quarter maybe early in the second. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like he was so much more aggressive. And it, it's it's frustrating sometimes um, watching him play because he's capable of doing... It feels like he's capable of doing that whenever he wants. And it's just like if he comes into the game... And you kind of know in the first, like, minute, two minutes of the game whether he's coming with that mindset or not. And right. I felt like right from the jump, he w- he was looking to to make things happen and, like, just being more aggressive. And you just want to see that more often. And I think it's fine, mm-hmm. like throughout the game it kind of he ended up with 21 points um but it, you know it kind of fell off towards the end and he his role kind of changed um you know it's the most 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 he scored this series most he scored since game three against brooklyn when he scored 31 um you know but i think it's fine for you know him to to take a back seat at times like, like he did last night but you just want to see him when they need it for him to be aggressive and, and try yep. to make things happen himself. And I feel like too often that hasn't been the case. Like he took 13 shots last night, the game before he took five in yeah. 25 minutes, you know, it's like a, a, in a game that you lose by 36, you know, I feel like Ben should, should be, you know, taking it into his own a little bit to, to try to make something happen in those times. I feel like too often, um, they really need him to step up and he, it, it seems like he's just trying to, to play within the offense and not really like, cause he can make things happen. Like he, he's, um, when he plays downhill and when he, when he pushes it and, um, gets into the post, like, I, I feel like he's done less of that in these playoffs than he was doing mm-hmm. towards the end of the year. Um, and he's basically abandoned the mid range game. Um, but when he is aggressive, he's pretty effective and, yep. you know, they, they really need that from him.
0: Yeah, I mean, and on top of that, I wanted to kind of point out because there are moments last night when you have, you know, Ben Simmons, either when he's getting his rest or when he's kind of scooted over to the five. Um, shockingly, I, his, his numbers aren't, you know, incredible but there's been some really just like hardy competent play by James Ennis in this series. Um, mm-hmm. who's just, you know, playing, you know, chasing down offensive rebounds and, and and just kind of getting in people's way and you know, like last night he was, you know, only 2 for 6 from the floor, 0 oh for 2 from 3, but like he made his presence known, he was kind of everywhere. Um, and it, you know, it's it's he played the most minutes on the team that of the players who weren't starters. And at the end of the regular season he told me that like that well that they're going to lose every game but like he's really kind of stepped it up and kind of again i think it's part of it is that getting more time and playing with these players and finding your role and and you know and just kind of being comfortable with it and not trying to do too much or make too much or not trying to like earn your minutes like you've already earned your minutes just go out there and play within your game if you're someone like james ennis and you know just do your thing um mike scott another big one three for four from three last night we just made some huge huge shots um which is again what you need from a bench player like that when uh, JJ's three for ten and Tobias is two for eight and Jimmy's zero for one from three, you know Mike Sacco in three of four and Joel B going two of three from three is enormous um, because you're not going to get that if you can't get that from your three point guys, then getting it from those other guys is is just absolutely huge. Um, and they kept the turnovers down, relatively, uh, at least Ben Simmons did, but. <laughs> there's it's been such a roller coaster up and down mayhem madness of a series right where you wanted to at the entire time be like I'm not afraid of this team this and that but you know as I said before the series started too and I've said a couple times during the series that I think the Raptors are the best or, or the second best team in, in the NBA and the, when they're playing like this and the, you know they give some games up and stuff like that but of the all, I mean, it's a tied series and you can really only say the Raptors had like a bad game in one of those three Sixers wins. The other two ones, the Sixers just won, right? Like last night, the Raptors didn't especially have like a terrible game. The Sixers just played much better. And I think that's an amazing sign because you can go into Toronto where you've already won a game and not have to rely on them fucking up for you to win because you've proven you can beat them when they're playing decent to good. You don't need them to be out there and be sloppy and be a mess and be a disaster for you to pull this game out. Now, you can't obviously be that, but that's huge. And I think that's a great sign going into game seven.
1: Yeah. Do, do we want to talk a little bit about, um, I don't know, what are the things going into game seven that, that you want to see or that you're concerned about, not concerned about, uh, uh, kind of as the series is played out?
0: Well, let's take a quick break right now, and then we'll come back with our Game 7 thoughts. Sounds good. All right. So before going to that break, uh, Max had posited the idea of, of what uh, I am kind of looking, looking to and looking at in Game 7. Is that the best way to put it, Max? That, like, What yeah. am I trying to keep an eye on? Um, obviously, Embiid, I think, is number one, right? Because if Embiid is not well, uh, things, are, things are bad. They can't win a game. Because they can, you can win... I think it's kind of a weird way to put it, but you can win a game when Joel Embiid plays bad. You cannot win a game when Joel Embiid is bad, right? He can play poorly and you can win because people still have to respect him on defense. They have to guard him. He can still affect the game defensively. Uh, he's not going to, you know, be a net negative for you. But if he's not well, if he is bad, then they, I don't think they have a chance of winning the game. So Embiid's going to be huge, Um just based on that alone ben's got to be aggressive Ben's got to come out and just ride the wave of what he did this last game throw every shooting sleeve you own in the dang trash burn all your your full legging tights go out there no accessories no bullshit uh if that's what it takes uh and jimmy butler's gonna be jimmy butler right he's got to take over if he needs to and he's got to play well and play smart if you had told me that before this series that they're gonna be going into uh, a game seven and when you talk about your top three things to worry about that you wouldn't mention Tobias Harris even though he's obviously the fourth player on that kind of list I would have been shocked because I you know I think I might have even mentioned him as my X factor going into the series because he's kind yeah. of in that middle role where you know his usage is going to be lower but he, he can make the best of those situations and of those shots um, but you can you can win a game where Tobias just shits the bed you can't do that if your top three guys do that so that's one two is that the team as a whole i don't know like monroe sucks bobon the matchups are terrible for him uh he also i mean you can just also just say he sucks jonah bolden gets in there and just immediately fouls people so he's not going to be great at like actually stymieing uh uh any kind of run while Embiid's on the bench uh And you need to have one of those guys, right? You can say this, like, oh, put Bennett small ball five uh, and just move things around or whatever. It's like, okay, well, now you're running a seven-man rotation with uh, a man who is notoriously gassed because he's a very, very large dude. You need someone who is like a quote-unquote center for spot minutes like Bobon did last night and just hope to hold the other team off. Now, is that Greg Monroe? Because he's shown some stuff in the last series and a little bit in this series. Can Bobon just kind of get in the way and hold up space long enough? I don't know which of those two it is but it's got to be one of them and they've got to step up and do something because one of those two guys is going to get a couple of minutes and they can't go on the floor and be a minus 10 in four minutes like Boban was last night. They just can't do that. Um, You can do it and win a game as we saw last night, but that's not, they're just going to attack you and it's going to be a very bad thing. Um, so that for me is the most second, most important. I, I you know, because that's where the game would have been lost last night if they lost that game. It would have been lost in those minutes when Embiid is on the bench. And they need something better there. I don't know what the situation is. It can't just be small ball five the entire time because you need to rotate more players out. But it's got to be something.
1: You know, it's a, it's a little, to me, inexplicable why Greg Monroe got DMP'd last night. Like, he's been really up and down, and it's not it, the fact that you're relying on Greg Monroe at this point in the playoffs is really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's been fine. He's been better. I mean, Boban was just a complete disaster. And it was yeah. everything that I guess Brett Brown saw going into the, the series and why he hasn't played to this point. Um, I, I guess if it's like five minutes, why not put Greg Monroe out there? Like, he hasn't been bad. He hasn't been. He hasn't hurt you actively to this point. He's actually had a couple moments in the series where he like, stretches where he's looked really good and, and actually been effective. Um, I, I probably think, though, like, and this is one of the questions we got, Um I guess we'll we'll kind of, like, talk about it now just because I think it makes sense. Uh, about, like, minutes in this final game, like, what mm-hmm. we're thinking for for minutes breakdown. I think you just got to run, like – like, Ben Simmons has to play, like, 40 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and B played 36 last night. Keep him at 36 or so. That leaves you 12 minutes without him on the floor. I think you can go small. I mean, like, if you want Greg Monroe out there for four or five minutes, whatever – like, if you look at who the, the Raptors are playing, they're playing Marcus all 36 minutes. Like, if Embiid can just match that, if Embiid can be on the floor when, when Gasol is out there, mm-hmm. I think, you know, Serge Ibaka is the other ba- the the backup big they're playing. I think that between Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler even, like, you don't have to have Embiid out there. Um, right. I think you can get away with even Ben Simmons being, like, the, the kind of center of the defense for a little bit um, for those seven minutes five minutes whatever where uh one of the bigs is on the floor and then beads off because the Raptors mm-hmm. also have been going small um at times with I, I'm pretty sure without Serge Baca or um Marcus out there um I have to look at the, the the breakdown um I feel like I've seen that uh at least at times and if not Serge Baca is not some you know not a guy that you can't defend with with a Tobias Harris right so I I I just think in this final game, they really have to run everyone into the, into the ground. Um, and Bede being maybe the one guy you don't want to do that with just because Mm -hmm. he's been so out of shape. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of anticipating between Butler, Harris and Simmons. You're getting those guys for 40 ish minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, Mike Scott and James Ennis, similarly, like 20, 25 minutes, whatever, uh, Redick as much as he can play, and then Embiid probably like 35, and then you're not left with that much. You're left yeah. with maybe a few spot minutes just because Marcus is still out there and Embiid needs to come off or something. Mm-hmm. Put Greg Monroe out there for, yeah. for three minutes. I think that's fine.
0: Well, I mean, look, uh, Simmons played just shy of 34 last night, and obviously at the end, there was a little bit of a garbage time thing going on for the final three and a half minutes. So say he would have played that, right? I'm looking at it now, too. There was actually only, if you discount that garbage time at the end, um, there was only one... Uh, one minute and two second span that had neither Embiid nor Simmons on the floor. And in that minute huh. two the Sixers were minus five. They were outscored by five in that minute and two seconds. So that's obviously something that you don't want to see, but like and, and I think Brett did a good job of not having their their bench time crossover. And that was only that was the from six twenty two to five twenty left in the third period. Um so yeah, I think you're right. Like Simmons has got. I mean, basically, Butler, Simmons, and Tobias probably have to play as many minutes as they can physically handle. That's like basically the bottom line. Because this is yeah. you know, last night was also win or go home, but for a majority of the game, it was kind of, you had control, so you could give guys rest and kind of keep just you know just hope to keep the pace and keep an eye on the on everyone's you know conditioning and keep an eye on the scoreboard and like make sure it doesn't get too, get too out of hand, but. That I don't think they're going to have just full handle on this next game because the Raptors are also playing uh, winner go home ball and they're at home. Um So yeah, I think basically you're going to have to let them just run as as much as they can. Simmons played the entire first last night. Probably would have played the entire third if the game was closer. Um Yeah, I just I think it's got to run through him. He didn't play the most minutes last night. That was Tobias, but. Yeah, you're going to see they got to – they got to you I think you might see multiple players in the 40 plus range on on Sunday.
1: Yeah, and I think I think you do that and and then you have what like are is it like Tuesday or I guess probably Wednesday. Um realistically probably it's Wednesday that you start um start the series if you win that game. Mm-hmm, um I think sure. Tuesday is is the western Western Conference Finals, and then they had flexed it. I think it was Monday or Wednesday it was going to start, but obviously it'll be Wednesday since the, uh, the Sixers are playing on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, you get a couple days after that. You're coming in with a couple days rest. I, I you know, it's a it's a must win game, and if you if you do that, get through the series, and then have to kind of sacrifice a little bit in game game one of the next series. If you're able to win, so be it. You know, you're right. on the road anyway. It's the Bucks um that might be a loss anyway. So I think you just have to put everything into this and um like you said, play guys as, as as much as they can physically play. And Embiid's probably the one guy I'm concerned about just because um he's looked kinda gassed at times. Although he looked last night looked totally different than I think he's looked the rest of this series, minus that one spectacular performance he had <laughs> earlier in the in the, earlier in the series. Like um he and primarily it was just like defensively he just was moving so much quicker didn't look flat-footed was getting up and down the floor well like i you know i'm hoping with another few days he is he comes back and he's you know even more um himself mm-hmm. even if that's not offensively just if he's able to like move out there the way he did in game in game six i think they, they have a really good shot
0: yeah um as as a quick note before we probably move on to to questions because uh, we'll have a lot about the next game, um, the the primary defender on Kawhi Leonard last night was actually James Ennis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he guarded Kawhi for twenty five possessions. Ben was second with twenty one, um, and he did a decent job. I mean, looking at the numbers, uh, Kawhi was four for eight scoring against him, um, but he drew an offensive foul on him. He forced two turnovers. Uh, And in the 25 team possessions, he guarded Kawhi. The the Raptors only scored 22 points. Um, So that's an interesting little wrinkle. I mean, obviously, I think Ben plays the he's probably the best matchup defensively on him. But it's good to look at that and say, you know, Ennis isn't doing a bad job on him either.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And Um, then it's uh, it's it's really wild. Just what Kawhi Leonard's done in this series. Yeah. Just yeah. Just looking at the stats, it's stupid. I mean, he's putting up 34-10-4, shooting 57% from the floor, Mm -hmm. Uh, getting the line nine times. He's taking 21 shots to get 34 points. Yeah. And he's playing 40 minutes a game and just never looks tired. Mm -hmm. It's got to be so frustrating um, to, to play against Kawhi Leonard, not just because he's really good, but just like... It's kind of like Drago, you know, it's just like he mm-hmm. just never he doesn't seem phased by anything. He's never yeah. tired. It's just like, like I can't imagine like playing NBA basketball and being like a normal person who like gets gassed after being on the floor for 10 straight minutes. And you're defending yeah. Kawhi Leonard and he's just doing whatever he wants and like isn't even breaking a sweat. It's just like yeah. so demoralizing. Even just watching wonder, it's yeah.
0: demoralizing. Uh, no matter how game seven goes, I wonder how in Kawhi's robot brain, how uh, that will kind of factor into what he does in the off season because... Um, he's got to think to himself, like, okay, from right now, if we want to win a championship as the Toronto Raptors this year, I have to go out, put the entire team on my back and play incredible f- nine more times. Like, like, just me, just carry these guys. And, because that's what he's doing, right? So, I don't know if he's like, hell yeah, that's great. I love doing it. Let's add a couple more guys and build this team around me. Or if he's like, fuck that, I'm going to a better situation where... I can kind of like plug in and I don't have to carry everybody like the Clippers maybe. Um, but yeah, it will be interesting to see that in the off season. Uh, what, what, what Kawhi is going to, going to do. And if this has really any in, impact on his, uh, his thought process and his, his plan,
1: you know, Sunday, Sunday could have a lot of implications, a lot of really big summer implications. If that rocket yeah. series gets to game seven, um, you're looking at, at, obviously that series is huge in terms of who they have coming up in free agency um but then you even look at at the at, at sixers too and and obviously like you said with Kawhi, like Kawhi is gonna be a big question mark if the sixers lose this series versus win this series i think that could really factor into what happens with jimmy butler what happens with tobias harris um you know it could have really major implications depending mm-hmm. on what
0: happens yep yeah. um all right you want to move on the questions
1: yeah sure should we take another quick break
0: uh yes let's do that all right uh max do you have any any questions uh, queued up here
1: uh i do I, I i feel like we should talk about this one this just came in um but i feel like this is, we didn't really talk about this yet uh andrew crow asked if we lose sunday does brett get fired and i think we're we're basically at the point where i don't I don't see any scenario, no matter what happens in game seven, where they fire Brett Brown. Um, If they would lost last night and they would lost in a similar fashion to game five, I think it would have been the wrong thing to do, but I could have seen it. You know, if they went up 2-1 and then just like really shit the bed and, you know, got swept the rest of the way and looked bad doing it, Mm -hmm. um, I could have seen it. But yeah. I think you get you get to Game Seven of the semifinals against a really good Raptors team, um, and have have some really strong moments co- coaching wise and in terms of just adjustments and whatnot. I just feel like he's. I don't. I I can't think of a scenario at this point unless you know. I, I, even this, I was gonna say like the Rockets lose their series, D'Antoni gets fired, and. He, he's an option like i i don't even think that at this point is is a a scenario where they where they dump brett um i'd just be really shocked if it happens at this point given how these playoffs have played out
0: i mean i think it's certainly less likely now than it was at the beginning of the series just seeing how the series played out um and you know i think it really it does all depend on game seven right because if they go out there and they lose by one then i don't think they do they maybe they still do i don't think they should the when they lose by 36 again, then yeah, he's probably going to get fired. You can't save his job at that point, I don't think. But I think it'd be different. We'd have a different point of view going in the game 7 if like again, all right, so the, each team took 3 games. The Raptors won games by 13, 5 and 36. And the Sixers won games by 5, 11 and 21. So other than each team's 5-point win, it's been a it's been basically a, a, a series of just back and forth ass kickings a little bit. Yeah. Now, if the Raptors had won by 13, five and 36 and the sisters had won by four, three and two, then it'd be a completely different story. Um, I think then that's then then pretty much any loss at all. The writing would be on the wall and Brett would be gone. But you've come out here and you played definitive powerful basketball against a team that you could probably very easily argue is the better team, right? uh, or at least was for a majority of the season, even, even towards the end when the Sixers finally had this team in place. Um, so I think, I, I think I said before this, the playoffs started that if they don't get out of this round, then he's probably gone. Obviously in that scenario, I was thinking of like a five game loss, not a seven game, like knockdown dragout war, uh, with the entire nation of Canada. Um, but, yeah, it's certainly less likely, but I think it all depends on the, the if we lose. It depends more on the how we lose than anything else, if that makes sense. No, totally. Yeah. Um, here's one from uh, Stephen Holden. Asked, is there an NBA conspiracy to screw the Sixers by giving overly harsh foul calls to Embiid? I don't think there's a conspiracy uh, as much as I think of... I think this in, in most conspiracy things... Um. It's not necessarily a conspiracy. It's just widespread incompetence. Usually, how it works. Um, it would be criminal and shocking if they don't rescind that flagrant one from last night, where they were going for a box out. and Embiid's arm got trapped in his hand, kind of slapped Marcus on the face. Uh, it wasn't even that hard of a slap, Mark. You enormous gentrifying asshole. Uh, just stop it. Uh, that should be rescinded. The flagrant one from earlier in the Brooklyn series should be rescinded. Um, But I think if you're talking about NBA conspiracies, it would make the most sense to rescind the foul. If you're talking about that, because I don't think the NBA wants a Embiid v. Giannis series to start or end with Embiid serving a suspension so he can't play. That would be the conspiracy I'm talking about. You're talking about a game last night that uh, they 6 sent out a press release from from ESPN. It was the highest rated NBA broadcast mm-hmm. in Philadelphia ever on ESPN. And you don't want the the people that aren't in Philadelphia and won't be in Milwaukee to go, oh, I'm not going to... Embiid's not even playing. I'm not even going to watch it. I'll just keep an eye on the score. And if it looks tight, I'll turn it on. You don't want that at all. The point of the playoffs is to have the best players playing against each other. Now... Draymond served a flagrant suspension in the playoffs a couple years ago, and I think you could very, very, very easily argue that the flagrants he was called for were much, much, much more blatant than anything Embiid has done in this postseason. I think the, probably the most egregious flagrant thing Embiid did was the very first one he got, which was the elbow on Jared Allen, which was a basketball move, but he probably didn't have to throw his elbow that hard. Um, I just don't think, like, he has three flagrant points right now, and he honestly should have one. Uh, It's also worth noting last night, uh, Derek Bodner tweeted that if that flagrant stands, that means if he gets a flagrant one, he serves a one game suspension. If the next flagrant he was to get would be a flagrant two, it is a two game suspension. Um, And I just can't see unless MB goes out there and big boots somebody and then runs off the ropes and gives them an atomic leg drop. I don't see them issuing a flagrant two unless they absolutely have to because it's not what the league wants and it looks bad for the league in general.
1: I agree. I, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of times there's this narrative of like, Oh, are they got to screw whatever team or whatever player or whatever? It's like, I don't think the league wants that at all. Like the league wants Joel Embiid to play. Like they do not want a uh, um, they don't want a series where, uh, a, a buck sixer series where Embiid misses a game and it just kind of ruins ruins mm-hmm. the flow of things or misses two games, right? Like I, yeah. I think that I think it probably gets rescinded, um just because it was clearly incidental, and I, I was surprised. I was surprised when they reviewed it that in that moment that they they ruled it a, a flagrant one. But I think I think upon review, and I think the, the fact the league had if this was his first of the playoffs, I don't think, I think they would just keep it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the league has a pretty vested interest in not having Embiid miss a game for some ticky-tack yep. bullshit flagrant one call. So, um, I, yeah, I think it'll probably get rescinded. And I also think it'll factor in, um, I would imagine factor in, like you said, when they're uh, determining in a future game, if it doesn't get rescinded, whether to assess him a flagrant for something like that.
0: Yeah. Um, We're pointing out that as as of right now, the um, there hasn't been any kind of decision on that. None of the um, official NBA things have been released yet today. No, no last two minute reports. No, nothing from yesterday. So Mm -hmm. Um, I and honestly, since there's it's Sunday, they can rescind it tomorrow, too. I'm sure they would do it today if they're going to do it. But um, I don't think there's necessarily a rule that says it has to be rescinded within 24 hours. Maybe there is. I honestly do not know. I'm just guessing that there's not because they can break their own rules all they want. Um uh Coach Rollins asked, besides Drake, which Canadian are you most looking forward to memeing after uh, after Sunday night? Do you have an answer for this one? Who nice.
1: for, for some reason for some reason the only Canadians I can think of right now are Celine Dion and Seth Rogen and I don't really want to meme either of them.
0: Oh, it's fair enough. Who who's um, yours? Uh, Norm Kelly,
1: the the mayor of
0: Toronto, <laughs> the, is that who Norm former, Kelly is? The former mayor of Toronto. What uh, was his
1: thing? What What did he do? He did some dumb shit, but I forget what it was.
0: No, he's like he's always just like he's always doing meme stuff online. Like there was one where somebody I forget what somebody did, but it was like it was a picture of him handing a piece of loose leaf paper that had a big L on it. Oh yeah, um yeah. He has his own line of clothing that says like the word dad in script on it, which is kind of fucking weird um but like yeah he just seems like a good spirited fun whatever like he'd give it back as much as he gets it so i think that would be a fun thing
1: that's that's a better that's a better answer than celine dion now i do want to kind of meme celine dion though you should i I feel like she probably doesn't even know that the playoffs are happening right now though
0: she doesn't give a fucking shit you kidding me i would love to see celine dion like in head to toe with the north gear though i think that would be that'd be pretty sweet (laughs) being honest um Uh, we just got one
1: actually we just got a question that i think is is interesting and also uh gets us to talk about something that i definitely do want to mention before we go off Uh um sixers talk asked would you rather win game seven or win the lottery this is win the nba draft lottery not the uh, pennsylvania lottery yeah i agree i think it's it's clearly game seven but uh However, I do want to talk a little bit about the lottery, just because that's coming up on on Tuesday. And uh, as has been tradition for us, um, we always do one live simulation on Tankathon before the lottery. So I think we should oh, yeah. do that. Uh, the Sixers have a one percent chance uh, because they uh, of, of getting the one pick.
0: I, wait, can I just say real quick? I remember yeah. the one time at the lottery party um someone came up to us and was like let's do one sim right now and we did it on was it yours or their like absolutely shattered iphone <laughs> it was theirs it was theirs. screen was just obliterated
1: and i, I think of yeah. my phone i was using to uh periscope it
0: oh yeah sure 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 or yeah, instagram live sense. or something yeah yeah
1: all right so six years, uh because of sacramento's pick which they still own top one protected Otherwise, it goes to Boston. Uh, have a one percent chance of getting the number one pick. Uh, the pick wait, wait, also has before
0: you before you yeah. click a button. I just want to say, since we're not uh, in the same physical space, when you click the button, I'm going to click it too, and we'll just split the difference.
1: All right, I like that. Okay. Uh, so the, the Sacramento pick has a four point eight percent chance of jumping into the top four. This is the first year of the new lottery odds, which. Instead of the top three picks being decided by lottery, the top four will be. The odds are also flattened a little bit so that uh, teams at the bottom have a slightly better chance of jumping into the top. The Sixers will only keep it if it's number one. Um, So it would really suck if Boston gets the two, three, or four pick. Otherwise, they get 14, uh, which is the last pick in the lottery. So let's count down to three and then both hit the sim lottery button.
0: Three, two, one click or three, two click?
1: Three, two, one, click. Okay. Ready? Three, three, two, two,
0: one, one, click. Click. Okay. I got... Ooh, that's a weird one. They didn't jump up in mine. Nor mine. Okay. Who do you have? Who's your top three? In, or who's top so my, four in yours?
1: My top four, uh, Phoenix jumped from three to one and mm-hmm. are picking number one overall, uh, followed by Atlanta, which is interesting, um, mm-hmm. picking number two, uh, jumping up from the five spot, I believe uh chicago gets the three pick cleveland gets the four pick uh new york at five and then everything else the same
0: i mine also has new york at five which is fun it has memphis jumping up to one from eight wow uh memphis phoenix cleveland atlanta new york chicago washington new orleans atlanta again yeah.
1: that wasn't as fun can we do it again
0: yeah one more three
1: right. two two one one click Ooh, so oh, that one's one. lame. I have Minnesota getting the one pick,
0: jumping up from the 10 spot. I have Charlotte jumping from 12. This is a great podcast. Hmm. Yeah. One final one. I just hit it. One final one. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, all Nick's right. finally got number one. Good for them. That's all.
1: Three, two,
0: one. Click. Oh.
1: I got Memphis number one now. Wow.
0: Good signs for Memphis. Yeah. Congrats to uh, Justin Timberlake. Good for you guys.
1: Also good signs that uh, the Celtics are not jumping in any of our scenarios. I do yeah, feel yeah. like, obviously, I think I, I it's a 1-in-5 chance if it jumps to the top four that that pick belongs to us at number one. So I, I think, obviously, you have to hope on, on lottery night that their name does not come up at 14, even though that, that still leaves a 4-in-5 chance that you've just given uh, the Celtics a top four pick. Yeah, uh, I just think the value of getting zion is high enough uh if, if this were a draft that had two transcendent guys or three transcendent guys i think i, I think I'd still probably feel like i just want the sixers to get the one pick and would risk a division rival and a conference rival getting a, a transcendent player potentially but i think in this draft especially because the one pick is the only pick you can get it's no brainer like I would take those odds even even worse, even if it was only a one in 10 chance that the pick was going to stay with you at one. I'd, I'd still think it's worth it because Ion's that good.
0: Yeah. Um, um, Andrew Quinlan asked, who's more beloved, a 2019 Mike Scott or 2018 Marco Bellinelli?
1: That's tough. Um, it's Mike Scott. I, I think it's,
0: no, it's without a question, Mike Scott. I,
1: I think it's Mike Scott among Twitter, I think among the fan base, Marco You're forgetting how popular Marco Bellinelli was
0: for a time. Well, here's the thing. Mike Scott is popular to me. I like Mike Scott for his basketball, but also he actually has a personality where Marco Bellinelli you didn't really say much or do much. Mm-hmm. Um, now if Marco Bellinelli had been a quarter inch deeper in that corner and that was a 3 instead of a 2, they should be unquestionably Marco Bellinelli. I would have I would have laughed at the idea of the question. But he wasn't he was on the line. So it's it's Mike Scott.
1: Um Dylan DeAngelis asked, who wins in a seven-game series, the 2001 Sixers or the 2019 Sixers? I think
0: 2019.
1: I, I agree. I don't even think it's close. And I don't think that's so much. Uh, I think some of it's just you imagine like plucking a team from a, from a former era yeah, and dropping think, them in right. today's game. I think it's just not as good. I think the league's more talented now mm-hmm. and deeper in terms of talent. I think uh, that team... I, I wanna say this the Sixers that year took like five threes a game. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just think like it, they're not gonna they're not gonna compete in today's NBA. But I will say that I just think in terms of just in terms of talent, I, I think this year's Sixers is like significantly more talented. Uh, especially if Embiid is is on top of his game. Um, yeah, I, I think it's not even close. I think if you could like if you could drop any one of Ben Simmons, Embiid Tobias Harris or Butler onto that 2001 team, I think that 2001 team wins the finals, potentially.
0: Um, I mean, I will say this, though. Like, Allen Iverson, uh, just play style alone, is, like, the player that always carves up the Sixers, these Sixers. Yeah. So he would get you there, and, like, he did do a lot of... He was just basically dragging a lot of corpses around that playoff run anyway. But, yeah, I think this team is is more talented, again, to even... You know, it's 18 years in the grand scheme of things is not very long, but it's an entirely different style of basketball now. Um, I don't know who on that team would actually like stop physically stop Ben Simmons. Um, Yeah, I just I think it's, you know, it might go six or seven, but I think this team wins. I would love to see I would love to just see Boban V. Dikembe, though. Just like have them post up on each other back to back. It'd be great.
1: I feel like we need to sim this on on 2K. Do like a best of seven series.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the thing of the 2K is do they have everybody from the 01 team? At some point in the bench, it's just like a couple of made up dudes, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I think it's like they don't have Matt Geiger, but they have like the guys you care about. Right. Sure. Um, um, I'm looking right now, by the way, the, the Sixers that season made 3.2 threes a game.
0: Hey, well i mean <laughs> it's that's still points man <laughs> uh i would love to overlay the shot chart from that team versus the shot chart from this team in the playoffs it would be yeah, yeah it'd be absurd because like every hole in this teams and every hole in that team would just be filled so it would just like the entire shot chart would just be like the entire half of the court color covered in colors
1: yeah um jj reddick uh Hits as many threes per game as the Sixers as a team did that that year.
0: Yeah, imagine JJ Redick on that team. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah.
1: I feel like he'd be burned at the stake. Like a guy coming in and taking eight threes a
0: game and and making. Oh my them. god! Yeah, <laughs> they'd be people would be flipping the fuck out. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I. T- I see the thing is too, like thinking about that too. like this i my last point in this. I don't even think it'd be an enjoyable series. Seeing two teams like that who plays who would be play such you know like it's like, you know, they just wake up in a world and they're in this parallel universe where they can just play against each other right now. Um no like practicing, no mod no adapting to the other team's style of play. There's two teams like that playing like such a such a dichotomous style of basketball would just be like I think it would be like an ugly as hell game too. Mm hmm.
1: I think that's pretty much it. And Do you have any other questions that you wanted to, to get to?
0: No, there's a couple we got that are really stupid, so I'm not going to ask them.
1: <laughs> Don't insult the listeners.
0: I'm not. That's why I'm not saying anybody's names or questions. Out but there. they
1: know because their questions weren't asked.
0: No, there's a couple that weren't asked. But also, there are a couple that have, we have, been, we, that have been asked of us before. Yeah. Um, and I have gone in and been like, that's a stupid question. <laughs>
1: so if we didn't answer your question, it's because uh, we have answered it before or right. talked about it on a previous pod, not because your question was stupid.
0: Also, if we didn't answer your question, it's because I try to do um, math on future payroll things. Got confused as hell with myself over stuff. Asked Derek Bodner to help explain it to me. He explained it to me. And I still, like, I understand, but not enough to be like, this is what it And confidently putting this out there. So uh, basically, what I'm saying is if you have any salary cap questions, feel free to DM Derek Bodner on Twitter (laughs) and he will explain them to you and you'll go, okay, yeah, cool. Got it. Gotcha. Yeah. And then you just don't bring it up anyway.
1: All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, We'll be back. I I think we'll have to do something after game seven. Right.
0: Yeah, obviously. Yeah. One way or the other. Uh, If it's well, depending on what the outcome is, it might be one day and it might be a different day. Put it that way
1: yes I, yeah. if they lose the series i think we maybe wait until exit interviews and all that stuff
0: or maybe just like a couple of days to decompress is all
1: yeah, yeah. that sounds about right
0: yeah, yeah yeah but anyway yeah thanks for listening uh uh i hope you get to see your moms at some point on sunday for mother's day and don't just make them watch basketball or maybe they'll watch basketball with you maybe they love basketball maybe you don't even like basketball maybe you're a mom listening to this podcast thank you so much and happy mother's day um and that's all so thanks for listening
1: See ya.